Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Glad to see you today. Counting down the days to Christmas now. Are you ready? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Not really. I mean, there's a dusting (laughs) outside, but you know what? I was talking about I was getting one of my... My one prescription filled, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, standing in line, and uh, there's a gentleman behind me, and a lady in front of me, and uh, you hear the Christmas music. I'm going, yeah, you hear the Christmas music blasting. You see the decorations up, and my comment was, it's Christmas, but it doesn't feel like Christmas no. of past and, and everything. Does does it and, seem to sneak up on you, Bill? The, the holiday. I mean, to me, it it seems to have snuck up. You know, one, it doesn't feel like uh, we're even in December yet. Maybe it's because we're so involved with the news every day, and uh, so so much of that is so depressing. But it, uh, it just snuck up on me. Yeah, it did here too. But it's it's not the same, and that was one of the things I said. You know, Christmas is not the same, especially ever since COVID. You know, we do a lot of things online. The one guy was going, yeah, he goes, but, you know, I really can't get out, so I kind of enjoy sitting there and pretending I can touch and feel everything and all that. I said, yeah, but generations today, they just, this this is the norm to them. And the one lady ahead, she goes, oh, I'm 30 years old, and this is not normal. Oh, I don't even <laughs> want you to think that's how we think. And she goes, this is not normal. And, you know, and she went into it. She she was tiptoeing around saying anything political, which, you know, they had no idea oh, sure. what it was or anything. Yeah. But, and, and I applaud her for that because she didn't want to make it a political thing. But everything she was doing, and I could tell that she was sitting there going, yeah, this is a screwed up administration. You know, how many young you know people, saying? young parents have had to, uh, you know, make a decision, do I buy this toy or this toy? Because I can't afford both, you know? I mean, there was a time when the economy was stronger and your money got you further uh, that you would be able to say, we'll take both those. Oh, yeah, the kids will love those. That'll be great. But now I get the impression that uh, things are so tight that they don't have those choices anymore, you know? No, I don't think they do. But Well, some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do think the, you know, the, the hard work and uh, maybe working two jobs that uh, maybe our parents or grandparents did uh, to, to get ahead and to get that little something extra under the tree like because it used to be maybe in the 60s or 50s you know you you always counted on christmas all right you're in school you're going to have under the present under the tree there's going to be lots of socks and underwear and then there might be one santa gift but you know for a lot of us bill uh the joy of christmas is subdued by the uh, the climate the political climate in our country i think a lot of us uh, are living uh, under the pal, as you would say, the the pall, as you would say, of this administration and all the wrong that they're doing in right. our name. I mean, you look at the border. Do you hear what happened? Uh, a, a mass of thousands of illegal aliens uh, waiting to be processed by Border Patrol at Eagle Pass. Now, oh, yeah, Armageddon it, there, yeah. Oh, my God. They have got the largest number of people. I heard some people say, Ten or 15,000 people. And what, what's happened is they've, these are the ones who have hopped trains. And by the way, they don't hop trains like down in Central America and, and come across Mexico. They hop trains about three miles from the border. You know, uh, th- there's, a, th- there's a spot in Mexico that they can jump onto the trains 
more easily. It's not too far from the border, and that's how they get across. It has paralyzed our rail system. Uh, you say, what are you, what are you talking about, paralyzing the rail system? Union Pacific, which is maybe the largest, uh, uh, one of the largest anyway, rail companies right. in the United States, suspended railway operations at the border. Uh, agricultural products, food and beverages, automotive parts, and even completed cars that are made in Mexico, consumer goods, industrial commodities, metals, cement, things like that, not coming across the border, not being traded between countries. And you say, well, how's that going to affect us? It's going to affect us, folks. It's going to affect a lot of things. If you're waiting for a car that's, um, let's say, a General Motors car that's made in Mexico, well, you're going to be waiting a little longer because it's probably sitting on a rail car in a siding uh, in Mexico, and it's not going to get across the border. And another thing, Bill, yesterday, this surprised me. I want to ask you what you think of this. Uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, Mm -hmm. he signed a bill into law that finally allows uh, law enforcement in Texas to arrest illegals. And I thought to myself, wait a second. It is, it is what? It is the, uh, yesterday was the 18th of December, 2023, and he's signing into law, finally signing into law, uh, a law that allows him to arrest illegals. You would have thought that that would have been, you know, commonplace. It would, it would have been there for decades, but it's now a law. And apparently before I guess all they could do is detain them. Yeah, well. Does that make sense to you? Nothing makes sense that I hear these days. Nothing makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at a story right now that I missed, and I'm going to have to delve into it, but just the headline alone means that kind of got to read it because no matter how you feel about, uh, uh, oh, the guy from New York that uh, got ousted, uh, George Santos. Oh, yeah. Now this, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, he's hinting that there are cages inside oh, are. Uh, yeah. house office buildings. They're storage cages. And let me explain what they are. They're, they're places that you can bring down. They're not sex cages like you, you know, the first thing was cages. They're, they're cages that are f- used for uh, putting like old desks and chairs and things like that. Uh, if a congressman has furniture that he doesn't want to use, he sends it uh. down to the cage. But what's happening is... Uh, George Santos is implying that those cages are being used as rendezvous locations for illicit sexual activities. You know, well, that may be because look what happened. You know, you know, we got a we get we don't have a kinky White House. We got a perverted one. When when Clinton was in there, we had a kinky one. Now it's just twisted into uh, perverted. You look at uh, Jill Biden, her orchestrated nutcracker oh. week. This th- this was like. Something that was very abstract that would come from either a, a movie where they were trying to show you how things were twisted and distorted or a bad dream, you know, where everybody's mm-hmm. gay and of color and singing out of tune. It was an obscene or, video, in my opinion. It, well, it when was, I say it obscene. Was bigotry and, and filth is what it was. It, it was, but, it was, it was um, disrespectful to the dignity of the White House. 
Well, don't you think? It was. And why did we have to do, well, let's go dance and parade these people all over the White House. Why do we have to do that? You know, this is like showing a fascist or a dictator, you know, entertain me, you swines. Twist it and distort it. <laughs> she, she, and, she's, and, a, she's a strange lady. She really well, is. She did promise in 2020 that uh, decency was on the ballot. We just didn't realize what she was saying. It was on the other side, and they are not. You look at this. Yeah. You know, you look at what happened in the uh, the the Senate chamber uh, there. You know, it's like, come on, well, this is ridiculous. The uh, it doesn't surprise me. You know, uh, Pope Francis. You heard what he did. He's he's allowing clergy. He's allow, allowing uh, priests to bless. Same-sex uh, marriages to bless them, and that's not saying it's not performing the actual marriage, but it's essentially condoning it. It's, it's you're 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 giving our the the official blessing of the church to this relationship. It is driving a wedge between clergy. Now you're saying, what are you talking about, Jim? Um, I listened to uh, Father Gerald Murray. I think I says I believe that's his name. Very articulate. Uh, uh, church theologian from New York, give a pretty in-depth explanation yesterday on Newsmax on the problem with uh, what this pope has done. This pope, by the way, is a socialist from Argentina. He has been more socialist than clergyman, in my opinion, for for most of his life. I mean, he wasn't uh, a, a big... Uh, he Well, he's a Jesuit, and Jesuits are known to uh, push the boundaries, may I say, and many times break the boundaries and step over them, but this guy, uh, he is he he is uh, really causing a rift between the church. I can tell you, I'm Catholic. I know Bill, you're you're not, and uh, but I spent my whole life going to church and participating in that religion, and I can I can tell you as a matter of fact that what he did was. 180 degrees from the teaching of the church for for centuries. 180 degrees. It, this is not like a little off off the well off the line. This is a major uh, about face and a slap in the face to a lot of uh, the teachings of the church. Now you're saying, "What, well, Jim? You sound like you a homophobic person." No, 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 no. I have friends. I, I listen. God bless you. Whatever relationship. You have between you and, and your loved one, that's your business, and it's not mine, period. And, and not only that, but if you're a good person and you're my friend, it will continue to be that way. That's how I feel. But yeah. that being said, I'm talking about the religion now, okay? I'm talking about my understanding of the faith. And the faith has always talked about a relationship between a man and a woman as being sacred, and that is, and that was the only re, the relationship that it condoned, and and by the way, it that was the seed to many other faiths that broke away in centuries past. A lot of uh, Protestant religions believe the same thing, because yeah. they got it for initially from their relationship with Catholicism hundreds of years ago, and and so it is not something which is a casual change of a of a rule, this is a big deal in the, the Catholic Church. Right. Uh, well, you know, my, my feeling on, 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 you know, gay marriages, you know, 
Number one, let's, let's define what a marriage is. It's a union between a man and a woman. Yes, a man and a woman, because we're talking about procreation, something that a woman and a woman can't do and a man and a man can't do. It defies all natural laws mm-hmm. on every planet there is. And by the way, Bill, I think I it's a good point. I think it goes back in many ways to procreation. Yeah, but... My thing is, if a woman and a woman say, I really have strong feelings, and this is a person I want to spend my life with, that's your choice. But you're a, you're a domestic partner, and you have to define that. So your license, I, I, and I think that you have the same benefit rights yeah, I agree. that a married couple has. I agree. I, I, know, think, I think you, but, shouldn't, you shouldn't be discriminated. If, you, if your partner in life is uh, of the same sex, that's your business, and you shouldn't be penalized for right. it. Now, now, what you do in your privacy, that is your business. I personally don't believe in that, but that's, again, you don't flaunt yours in my face, and I won't flaunt my feelings in, in your face, and uh, we can get along just fine. And, you know, uh, getting back to uh, those dancers in the White House, Pope uh, Francis, this is a pope, mind you, he is, in the eyes of millions of Catholics, he's the pinnacle of uh, clergy in, in their faith. And, and he, has, uh, it, he had recently a bunch of, uh, I think they were trans dancers, perform in front of him at the Vatican. What was the purpose of that? I think he was trying to show the world, it was like a slap in the world's face, like I'm shaking things up here, and whether you like it or not. You know... This goes back, in my opinion, this goes back to how this guy got into office. This guy, um, Pope Francis, in, in my life and in my parents' life, when you, you became a pope when another pope passed away. When the pope right. passed away, they had the conclave, they had you know the smoke coming out the chimney, they picked a, a new pope, and it was a big deal. But that's how you picked a pope. This guy, for the first time in decades, in maybe centuries, centuries, uh, he was selected. And when I say he was selected, the other pope that preceded him was still alive. He, mm-hmm. Pope Benedict didn't die for years, but they told him essentially, you're out. You're out. You're not doing, you're too strict. Pope Benedict, in a lot of ways, was conservative. Some people say he also was a little lax on uh, on pedophile, pedophile priests, you know, and that drove a, a lot of people nuts. But but in all honesty, for the most part, if you look at his his you know papacy, he was a conservative Catholic who believed in the basic tenets of of the faith. That wasn't good enough for the woke left. For the woke left, you you had to have somebody who was on their side. If you look at Pope Francis. When Donald Trump came to visit him, there's a picture. You probably have seen it. But he's he's standing next to Trump, and his face looks like he's smelling something bad, okay? Pope Francis. It looks like uh, maybe somebody uh, in the room passed uh, gas or something. Gas, yeah. Oh, my God. The look on his face is aw- He's just so up. He would rather be in a number of different places other than being next to Donald Trump because he doesn't like he didn't like his policies because Francis is a leftist. Now, think about this. You get uh, Joe Biden, you know, Mr. Uh, no problem with abortion, 
Uh, I'm a good Catholic, but you can abort whatever thing. And that, by the way, abortion goes against the tenets of the faith, you know, uh, right. of the Catholic Church. So, but Francis, I thought Francis was going to kiss him. He was so happy to be next to uh, uh, Joe Biden. He was happy to be seen next to Nancy Pelosi, another phony Catholic. So this guy that is in Rome right now is not what you think he is. He's he's not. Um, he was put there, in my opinion, illegitimately. He has the position. But then again, we have a president, in my opinion, who uh, may be there illegitimately, too. So maybe that's the environment we live in. Uh, an environment of illegitimacy, uh, but well, you got to be careful how you say that because then you're an election denier. Uh, oh yeah. It, uh, what was it? Uh, do I have it even written down somewhere? But uh, apparently, um, intelligence uh, has uh, U.S. intelligence has confirmed that uh, communist uh, Castro regime oh, yeah. attempted to uh, to um, mix sway uh, the vote, steal the vote in Florida. Uh, and uh, apparently, uh, in apparently in 2022, right? In 2022, yeah. they were also helped by Russia, China, and Iran. So I'm going like, wait a minute, in 2022. So what other elections were they involved with or maybe encouraged to be well, involved? Yeah, with with, with the intelligence report uh, on 2020. Because do you think they just started in 2022, these guys? No, it's been going on for a long time. You know, and I and I you always hear the left go, "Where's your proof? Where's your proof?" Well, it's a good thing that you say that because, you know, we're not going to let you see the proof. So where's your proof, buddy? You know, well, why don't you just put it on the table and let's let's sit down and look at it together? Or is there something there you don't want me to see? Yeah. So by you covering it up, you know, and saying, no, there's no evidence here. We looked at it ourselves. So you're an election denier. Well, let me see it. Let me see it. You know? They they keep baffling us with BS. They really do. Uh, this this uh, environment we live in right now is intentionally cloudy. It is not mm-hmm. a clear uh, environment. It's like looking into water that has been stirred up, all the silt. You really can't see the bottom, and that is intentional. Uh, I want to play something for you. All right. We were talking before the show about the deep state. Um mm-hmm. Australian Senator Malcolm Roberts had a little bit to say about Klaus Schwab and uh, the deep state. Listen to this. Instead of working together to push Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum plan based on United Nations policies, work together instead for our country. Klaus Schwab's life by subscription, quote, is really serfdom. It's slavery. Billionaire globalist corporations will own everything. Homes, factories, farms, cars, furniture. And everyday citizens will rent what they need. If their social credit score allows. The plan of the Great Reset is that you will die with nothing. To pull off this evil plan, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum will need to take more than just material possessions from Australians. Senators in this very chamber today who support the Great Reset threaten our privacy, freedom and dignity. Yes, they're in this Senate chamber. One Nation vehemently opposes the Great Reset, the Digital Identity Bill, theft of agricultural land use, forcing farmers off their land and all of the Great Reset. 
One Nation has a comprehensive plan to bring our beautiful country back to sustainable prosperity. And in the months ahead, we will be rolling that plan out. Instead of Lib Lab pushing Klaus Schwab's Great Reset with the tagline, you will own nothing and be happy, One Nation advocates the Great Resist. We stand for a world where individuals and communities have primacy over predatory globalist billionaires and their quizzling bureaucrats, politicians and mouthpiece media. One Nation accepts the challenge to provide a better future for everyday Australians. We have one flag, we are one community, and we are one nation. You see, we, um, we think it's just happening to us. It's happening to the world. It's worldwide. Yeah. I mean, but it's happening at a fast pace here. Do you, I, I've seen people say, you, if you think if you're waiting for real estate prices to go down, well, they won't. We're not making more land. But what's, what is happening is it's being gobbled up by the money, the real money of the world. And, yeah, they're going to sit there and they don't want us to, to own anything, Bill. They don't want no. us in the future to own anything. Because you know what? If if you need them for your housing, which you're still going to have to pay for, you're going to have to work for. They have control. Uh, they have control. You're beholden to them. Mm-hmm. And if um, what happens if, I mean, look at our homeless crisis right now. You know, did these people say, you know what? I'm just going to quit society and I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to sit here and drink water out of the gutter, you know? And I'm going to dig and uh, fend for food for myself, my wife, and my kids out of trash cans. Did people aspire? You know, to they that? closed down mental institutions, and that—that mm-hmm. that was. This is all long-term friends. By the way, we should point out this Klaus Schwab uh, and his deep state. This is not something which just started. No, this has been going on for decades. Right. Uh, and Bill, you know, uh, I. This guy Schwab was on, uh, I heard a, an interview, I guess recently, within the last month or so, and he mm-hmm. was talking about the real the real thing of value, the real powerful uh, tool that we're going to have isn't weaponry or, or things like that. It's going to be information. He said, if we have the information on everybody, we own everybody. He just about said it that way. He said, "If we if we know everything about you, we know where you are, what you are thinking, what what you want, what you aspire to, and we can control you and your family and your friends." You know, and and they're 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 introducing it with, the, and you go, "Oh, Bill, you're really off off base there." But they're introducing it through gadgets that you can get, like the big Christmas thing now oh, yeah. is the big wide Christmas bracelet. Oh yeah, and it monitors your well being. And it's like a smartwatch. It yeah. does a lot of different things, but it's a screen. And I'm like going, wow, you know, when are they going to be able to activate that thing and send a pulse, a pain pulse or a oh, sure. pulse? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm wearing one right now. I have, I have a smartwatch on right now, and it does a lot of neat things. You know, you think, oh, what a nice tool. But it also sends information to a server. Mm-hmm. You know, It's listening to me all the time. This watch that I'm, I'm wearing right now, and I'm wearing it because it was a gift, a very expensive gift, a very appreciated, appreciated gift, but actually uh, I, I'm a little leery of it, you know, because it, my privacy is being encroached on by this watch. Well, you know, I've got uh, 
uh, Alexa over there, I renamed it. But, you know, obviously yeah. it knows like a dog when I call its name and answers. But that means it's listening right now. Sure. It hears everything on this podcast. Yeah. But then people say, why do you have it? Well, look at we're doing a podcast right now, right? Hmm. And we're talking uh, via the Internet. We're using software in some unknown location to us that connects us and makes us sound like we sound. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we knowingly give up a certain amount of privacy, I think, by doing it this way. Don't you think so, Bill? Absolutely. Look, if I call it Ziggy. Oh, see, the light goes on. Yeah. But, okay, Ziggy's listening. And that means everything that I do in this house uh, is listened to by a computer. And does it alert somebody somewhere or does somebody somewhere maybe you know, periodically tap in? Which is why the government wants control of all the Internet, because unlike broadcast, where it's theoretically a one-way signal, you know, the Internet, well, that's you know, two ways. I have one of those uh, Ziggy creatures, uh, too, uh, but it, I, I use her original name, the one that came with the box, you know, and... Um, it's made by Amazon. It is an, it's a very neat little gadget in that you can get the weather forecast, find out the scores, find out when the next game is going to be, get latest news headlines. Just about any question you have, you can ask it. It'll find out an answer and give it to you right away. It is a real neat little gadget. But I even my wife said to me, I'm leery of that thing. I don't know whether I'd have it. I'd have it on in my room. I said, well, do you have an iPhone? Yep. Do you have an iPad? Yep. Well, don't you think they're listening? Do you have a smart TV? You know, a smart TV. I'm not talking about the older ones, but a, a relatively new TV. It's listening. Your privacy has been evaded. Have you got blinks outside your house for security cameras? They're mm -hmm. taking pictures of people coming and going into your house and sending it to a cloud somewhere. You're saying, well, it doesn't use it. How do you know? How do you know? Uh, well, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you know, there, there's, oh, we protect your privacy. There's privacy yeah. statements. That's just legal, legal ease. But it's still, there's there's a person somewhere behind that going, they'll never know. <laughs> exactly. We'll write it in the smallest type so they can't read it. And we'll put several pages of it on so it's too long and too uh, confusing for them to understand. How many times have you signed for a prescription? You've signed for, don't worry, basically what that says is this. And then you sign it. It's just like when you close on a home, there's, you know, the, the person that's page there is after the closer. Page, yeah. <laughs> page after page. There's some guy that goes there or gal that goes there. And, uh, okay, now you got to sign this document. Okay, yeah. what am I signing? Oh, this is just basically the disclosure that yeah. <laughs> uh, if you bought a piece of crap, you still have to pay yes. for it. Yes. Uh, but without all the, you know. Yes. Just, and you're going to hold they, they us harmless you, for selling you this piece of garbage, you know? They uh, tell you in a sentence what ten pages are, and yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I'll sign it there, you know. And then, but see, if you end up going to court, the attorney real will be real quick to say, "Did you read the document?" Well, I went by. Did you read the document? Well, no. Well, well that's your no your case. fault. Yeah. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, we, we, you know, there was a time I could be—it could be wrong, but not too long ago, there was supposed to be a law that was put in place where uh, those things were supposed to be done in simple, understandable uh, terms. All this—it was supposed to, 
it was supposed to make the documents that we signed, those multiple pages, easy mm-hmm. to understand for the common man, you know? But the problem is, is that there are people that sit there going, well, there's very little stuff written here. And some smart attorney goes, well, they didn't cover their ass on this one. We can sue the bajoons out of them. So it is a two-way street, you know, because yeah. we, you know, attorneys, <laughs> that's your problem. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know. I I, I want to play uh, a few other things before I look at the clock on the wall, and we are racing through this show. Uh, what are your thoughts on allowing major U.S. corporations to be sold to foreign to foreign business? Uh, I've never been happy about that. I, I think that each nation, you know, they have to have their look. We can't sit there and send it all away, and, and then. Uh, exp- well, Bill, I know, you know I, I know what you're saying. I, I know exactly it's hard what to you're articulate, saying. but yeah. we need to sit there. Number one, when well, we send a corporation away, we just threw away a bunch of jobs. But I'm not done yet. Listen to this. This is going to make your hair stand on end. Nippon Steel, N I P P O N. Nippon Steel, big big steel company in Japan. Uh, it's Japan's top steel maker. It's set to acquire U.S. What? Steel, United yeah. States Steel, in a cash transaction valued at fifteen billion dollars. It says cash transaction. Does that mean they're going to just hand over stacks of cash to? Uh, I, I guess so. It says a cash transaction. This acquisition raises questions about the future of American industry. And, and labor amid uh, the national security. You know, I think the biggest thing is national security. you got foreign countries owning our industry. What are they going to do? Are they going to start moving the, uh, the mills to uh, Tokyo or Nagasaki or someplace? Are, are we going to have our American countries, uh, companies uh, confiscated, essentially, and shipped overseas? I, I mean, they'll just tear them down because they're they're competition. They're, they're, waste, they're competition. They're yeah. waste category. Yeah, they they're they're waste. We shut down the last uh, whatever they call it the 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 coke plant, whatever it is that melts all the steel. We shut down the last burner here in the past, you know, six months or so. We and have so we I, have we have lunatics running our asylum. Honest to God. Yeah. Because we're I mean, allowing you live our, in the steel city, and it's it's there's no longer a steel industry. Bill, in in the '80s, so help me God, this is the truth. I was not political. I was a rock and roll disc jockey. I was playing the heavy hits, as they would say, the stacks of wax back to back. I I did all that nonsense, but I can remember thinking when I heard that companies like Zenith were sold to foreign entities or RCA. I think RCA is owned by a foreign company right now, either Japan or Korea. Uh, Radio Corporation well, of America, RCA. And it's not a company anymore. It's just a label, meaning they make kind of a generic TV set somewhere in like in Korea or or Japan. And then they stick the label on the on the on well, the T V set. Had, they've had several owners like RCA Records, I remember because I you know, I did a lot of dealings with them, and the the fact was is that they became a German company. I go, when did that happen? Because I when I don't, you know, but you know, 
things have changed like that. But, Going but Bill, back to the steel thing, go ahead. I, I was it, it was the eighties, and I, I I thought to myself, we're giving our our soul away. We, mm-hmm. We're just selling our our uh, successes, meaning businesses, to other countries and, and other companies well, in other countries. The thing you can feel secure in is that the, the, the money of the world actually is the ones holding the purse strings and controlling that. So you know Bill Gates, even though the companies aren't in the United States anymore, he's got a big lion's share of it because he's one of the big wealth people that, uh, well, he's part of that World Economic Forum. You know, Yeah, the, but he's, the, a, he's a globalist. He's not an American. Bill Gates, in my opinion, no. is not. A, this guy, he is a big fan of the World Economic Forum. Uh, he wants to see global unity, as he would say. You know, he's not a. He's not. You know, these guys have so much money and so much time on their hands. They just they can't. Uh, they have nothing to do, I guess. So they start inventing stuff. You know, it goes back to what this guy Zuckerberg is doing on the island of Hawaii. And, mm-hmm. I mean, how many Building guys? A fortress. Yeah, two hundred and seventy-five million dollar fortress underground, folks. I mean, what what the heck well, is he building down down there? Well, you know, look at okay. Let's take a look at what's developing around the world. I mean, you know, we got the Houthis that uh, we're having to fight war with, and now you got uh, nations that are combining to fight them. Are they that strong that we have to have more than one nation? Apparently, they well, are. They're backed by Iran, so they got you know they have. Well, then you've got uh, you've got. Kim Jong-un has now developed his ballistic missile, and he's, you know, he wants to test it out somewhere, and the United States seems like a good choice for him. You've got Russia that is preparing for war. They didn't like what was going on with Finland, and so they're going, well, you know what? Uh, We're prepping for war against NATO. (laughs) That's us. Well, I think that that when it comes to Kim Jong-un, I think I really do think he had a decent relationship with Trump. And, well, I, I know and, I, and I think he knows that uh, all things being equal, Trump has a good chance of being back in government. So I don't think he would test it. I, but I'll tell you where I do think he'll test it. I think he'll test it on Japan. He's been he's been toying with Japan for some time, you know, uh, over flights over Japan and things like that. And it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, he were to do something in that area. You know, well, you know, Japan with the steel. It's interesting that they're they're buying out and taking now do they have the raw resources in japan to actually do make all steel? of that you know make the steel because no you know i i i always heard the story from the granddad and my dad that uh, fought in the war and say yeah i remember all you know we were we're a very um we're, we're that's a good you know i'm sorry well yeah we're, I'm trying to find the words, but either way, we had junkyards that, you know, we we were very quick to to take our trash and throw it over in a landfill right. somewhere. And we had all this steel that was piling up. And then one day you see the railroads come in and they're loading up the boxcars with all that scrap metal. They kept building it and building it up and taking it, take it out to San Diego, put it on ships. Mm-hmm. And those ships would take off and they would go to Japan where they melted it down, repressed it. And they built it into warships and airplanes that they gave us back that metal tenfold. You made a very good point, though, about raw materials. I don't think Japan has it. I, I think that's accepted that Japan just doesn't have. But by buying U.S. steel, 
they buy access to our raw materials in this country. I'm mm. sure U.S. Steel owns mining. It probably has leases with mine mining companies. It probably has relationships with, with independent miners around our country. So what they'll have access to are our raw materials that we probably will not be making in the U.S. We'll be shipping that raw material over to, to Japan to grow those businesses. Um, well, here's the other question. I mean, right now, besides regular raw steel, which we need for the auto industry and everything else to make the stupid mm-hmm. cars we drive around with, whether they're electric or gas, but our our war machine, planes, missiles, and everything uses critical minerals, and basically that is a metal that is in the sand. Well, if we're not going to be able to process that here and we're giving up all these industries to go elsewhere, mm-hmm. you're right. We're giving up our real estate as well. So you may as well keep the borders open because we have sold out our country. And it's not just Joe. It's a lot yeah. of rhinos. It's a lot of Democrats. They are giving it all away. And you know what? You can sit there and uh, just get used to it because sooner or later, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to go, wait, why are you taking all my stuff? Well, you don't have a job anymore and you're a burden on society. So, you yeah. know, I hope you got a tent. You, you know, see where uh, government land. While, while uh, Rome is burning, uh, Nero in the, in, in the disguise of Joe Biden was out Christmas shopping. Uh, he was, uh, you know, this is the day after the, the accident where the car rammed his motorcade. Um, mm-hmm. He was on, I believe, uh, in Delaware doing some shopping. And when he shops, <clears throat> everything around, all the stores have to cater to him for security reasons. And I think they kick everybody else out. It's not a big profitable thing for the stores to have the president of the United States in their business. You know what I would do if I were one of those stores? I'd What's say, that? Well, you know what? If I got to kick everyone out, you know, what are the chances of him coming in there and paying my rent for the day? Probably slim to none. Right. Ding, close, sorry. Yeah. We're not here. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, what are he, they going to do? Joe is out. By the way, Rome is burning and he's out shopping, which is uh, which is his way of doing things. By the way, the latest polls have him down to an all-time low. And apparently Jill and Joe both are not terribly happy about uh, th- those polls. They uh, don't, don't quite understand them, actually. Now, they are, Jill is a little angry at uh, the polls. She thinks that, I guess, they're not legitimate. Well, Jill, let me explain it to you. Most of us Americans think that you suck, and so does your husband, that you need to be out of the White House. 54% of yeah. Democrats, yeah. they want Joe not to be on the ballot for 2024, which is an interesting thought because, you know, I mean, Kamala is no prize either unless they're going to take her off the ticket or put someone on the ticket. Well, what do they put on? Gavin Newsom? He, he has he, this guy. When people get to know who Gavin Newsom is, he's he's just a, a face and nice hair. He uh, he's killing the state of California big time. Well, you know what? But that's what they want to do. You know, I mean, and you know what? Uh, guns, they're gone. He comes in. They're gone. He's not. They're, they're already virtually gone anyway, the way that they're doing with ammo and everything else. They're, they're going to dance around every rule. Yeah, the, the cost of gunpowder, they say, is going through the roof. Going to make it hard to make bullets. And when the bullets they do make are going to cost you a pretty penny. Uh, 
Reince Priebus, who used to head the Republican Party, was on, I believe, uh, ABC over the weekend. And he was talking about uh, politics and Trump's place in American politics right now. And he was talking, I think it was to, uh, who was it? Uh, the What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. The ABC host, uh, Chuck Todd, I believe. I could be wrong. They were talking about how... Trump is growing in leaps and bounds, and they, Todd can't really understand it. But listen. I remember you as RNC chair <laughs> kind of fighting so hard to get him to condemn David Duke when David Duke endorsed him. And I remember you in, in, in the White House trying to, you know, keep him w- within the guardrails. Do you worry that, you know, is he, is he, does he rushes towards this nomination that, that, that he's going off those into those places that you tried to keep him from going? Um, not particularly, because I think that I think you're all misreading the electorate. I, I think that the electorate is not looking for less blood. I think they're looking for more blood. I think that people are more angry about crime than they've ever been before. I think they're more angry about the border, the fentanyl, the sanctuary cities, the boys competing against girls in sports, schools out of control. I think, as I've said before, people are looking for a bigger middle finger this time than they were in 2016. And I think so. No matter how you're, outrageous, you're misreading you- this. I, the, people are angry. And, they, and, and on the other side, you know, you got President Biden, who's losing young voters, who's losing black voters. Uh, the polling couldn't be worse. And unlike Barack Obama in 2011, Democrats would have walked over glass for Barack Obama. Democrats today, they say 75 percent, we wish we had a different candidate. So it matters who you're running against, too. And it also matters what the state of the country's in. And this is a perfect storm. It wasn't uh, Chuck Todd. It was Jonathan Carl. I just to right. make that clear. Uh, but I think he's right. They're looking for a bigger middle finger. And that makes me wonder, because it, it was the middle finger in 2016, and now it's going to be a bigger middle finger. And But the, the Democrats, well... Decency is on the ballot, and from day one when he's in again, they're going to start the same thing all over again. And Republicans need to wake up and say, okay, Trump comes back in because America is PO'd at everything that's going on, and he gets things turned around. What is your follow-up plan? If you don't have one, they're going to come right back in with the same stuff, even more fervent about it, and it's gonna, they're going to tip that scale even farther to the left. So what is our follow-through plan? You know, It's uh, a Trump train that's going to bail through with the big finger on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now how are we going to follow that up? Trump, in my opinion, he's got, a, finger. No, he's got a plan. He's, I think Trump has a big and it's and it's scaring the bejeebas out of the media and the, and the people on the far left. Uh, they're calling him a dictator. They're using the word Hitler. You know, there was a time when fascist you didn't yeah. you didn't use Hitler or fascist dictator. You didn't you didn't throw those words around because they meant something. But nowadays, to these clowns in our media, and they are clowns, floppy shoes, red nose, the whole works. They are clowns. Uh, these people who have no journalistic integrity at all. They just follow the yellow brick road of the democratic yellow brick road, the woke left uh, yellow brick road. And 
you have a situation where they're, I think they're afraid. They're afraid that if Trump gets into office, uh, the jig is up for these people in that uh, he's got the goods on them. He knows that they have been corrupted over the past several years, and they're not the neutral journalistic, uh, you know, arbiters of integrity. No, no, these people are, uh, they're anything but. You know, for years, I would look and I'd, I'd listen to a news story being read on ABC. Then I'd see the same news story on CBS. Then I'd see the same story on uh, NBC and, and CNN and MSNBC. And they would use the same basic words uh, in the stories over and over again. It was like the same person was writing the news copy. And, you know, that was the case. What these guys get, you know, at like 4 a.m. in the morning, sent to all of the media operations are talking points. These are the things that we're going to be discussing and talking about over the course of the day. And they would be key words to emphasize that these guys all used. Then They're not being neutral. They're not being independent. When I was a young man in the media, a newsman would sit down at a, at a typewriter and he would write the story. He'd get the facts and he'd write the story. I mean, a real newsman, the stories came from their soul. They wrote it, mm. their brain. But a lot of these guys nowadays, they're just prima donnas who they get these things, you know, these emails from, oh, here's something from the Democratic National Committee. Oh, here's what the, the, the things to look out for today. This, this, and this. Emphasize this phrase because it's important to our cause. Uh, I mean, that's not journalism. That's propaganda, you know? And, yeah, um, and we're living in that world right now. We're living, well, when Trump, and they're afraid that Trump is going to come into office and he's going to say, enough is enough. You know, uh, enough of this dishonorable, uh, unpatriotic uh, journalism. You know, you can never look at CNN or MSNBC or or NBC, ABC, even CBS, and say they're neutral anymore. I cannot no, sit. Not. I can't sit there and watch a newscast and say, "Well, that was a neutral evaluation of the political scene, be it conservative or or leftist," because you know damn well they're getting they're they're, they're approaching every story from Trump is bad. Trump is a bad guy. Trump did this. Trump will do that. You know, just look back at the four years he was in office. The two years, two and a half years that he was in office where the economy was rocking. I mean, it was so, it was terrific. We were, we were living well. We were making, you know, products. Industry was cooking along. We had our own fuel drilling. And then we got hit with the, the pandemic. And, you know, nobody... Nobody has handled a pandemic. He did his very best to to do his very best to handle that whole thing. And well, he was lied to and yes, handed a misdealt exactly. hand deliberately. So how could he sit there and get it right if everything they gave him was wrong? Yep. He was lied to internally by uh, the likes of uh, Fauci. And uh, Deborah Burks, you know, that was the scarf lady. They got up there with all of this scientific uh, dignity and supposed, and they would uh, 
they would fudge. You know, Fauci, first he said masks don't work. He did say that. He said masks don't work. And then somewhere along the line, somebody must have said, but if they, if we can get them all to wear masks, it will show compliance. It will show that we have them. We have mm-hmm. them. So start to promote masks. You know, I've heard someone say that masks are about as effective as trying to catch sand by throwing it through a chain link fence. You know? Well, if you read about the mask and what they do and how much they protect, uh, you're vulnerable. And there's a, there's a new strain of COVID out there that's pretty bad, and I'm, I'm hearing about a lot of people getting it. So why aren't we masked down again? But it's not because a pandemic. I heard somebody from the CDC say, don't worry about it. it you know, it, there is a strain out there, but it's not uh, the admissions. Yeah, they've redefined what is and what is not a pandemic. It's amazing how that works. You know, you were talking about different things, and, and uh, you know, I go back to um, a thing that I've observed from the uh, the news. Uh, you always get these donor things in your email. And I always find it funny because the thing that really offends me, friend, we want to talk to you about something, friend, whether it's a Democratic yeah, one or yeah. a Republican one, friend. Yeah. And I see this thing, one million cosigners needed. Friend, there's that word, Yeah. Maine, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Arizona, California, Michigan, Minnesota, and Colorado are all making strides to remove President Donald J. Trump from the 2024 presidential oh, ballot. Yes, me. they are. But here they, they're going, we need your signature to sign a petition uh, because they don't want Trump to go to jail. And they, you know, as a political prisoner, and uh, they need help. And these signatures will prove that nobody wants him off the ballot. So you go, well, okay, I'll sign that, right? You click it. And then here it goes, another diatribe. And to you put your, your, put your name there. Now, for it to count, yeah. Do you want to donate twenty five, fifty, of course, one hundred dollars, two hundred fifty, five hundred, one? Of course, you know. Yeah, they want other. your money. Yeah, it, it, it's all just a grab. You say, no, I'm not going to donate, so I'll do other. It still requires you to enter a credit card and enter an amount. They want your money. Going. Yeah. So you know what? Don't believe all this crap that's out there. Now, when by the way, Bill, there, I never, I never put my name on any of those things because neither do I. Because then you're on a database. Exactly. Yeah, I made that mistake uh, early on. But now you know everything. You have to. Uh, do you accept cookies? You can't get through unless That's you take true. a cookie. Take a cookie. They call it a cookie. <laughs> I know. Make no, it it's sound not like a it's... cookie. Yeah. It is not a cookie. No, it's... I know what a cookie is. I remember. I used to steal them out of the cookie jar. <laughs> This is not a cookie jar and nothing you want to eat, but they do want to get your name and information so they can send you all kinds of crazy crap. Yeah. And that's what, that's, that's all it is. I could go on and on, but. uh, Oh, you, you, what you said is friend. That's, they haven't even taken the time to figure out who they're sending the email to. So it's friend. We know that you support, you know, candidate X and, uh, uh, but we need your support now more than well, ever. that's a because... Hollywood word, you know, like yeah. when they want to sit there and show a cult, you know, they define in, uh, they've done it in those, uh, the, the invasion of the pods of the pod people or whatever, oh, or me. Star Trek episodes where everybody is friend. worshiping some false God. Good morning, friend. How are you today, sir? Friend. Friend. You, you know, friend, you mentioned friend. something which is interesting. Now we're going to veer off a little bit. Oh, here we go. I know, but uh, it, it made me think, you know, I, I I used to aspire to uh, 
get involved with making films. They still do in a certain in a certain way. I like writing scripts, but my mm-hmm. scripts will never be Hollywood blockbusters because I don't follow. Well, why not, friend? Well, I don't. I don't follow the. Uh, <laughs> along you know dutifully uh, with their political philosophy and they are mm-hmm. for the most part very woke left that's how hollywood thinks steven spielberg you know a woke left he just had a big uh, benefit for biden five hundred thousand dollars a plate they must have served golden lobster or something i don't I mean five hundred uh five hundred thousand dollars a plate that's a pretty expensive uh dinner but um if you look at what Hollywood has, has come to, I'm talking about the big studios, mm-hmm. everything that they put out, everything they invest all of their money in, just about everything, is uh, a Batman or uh, Ant-Man or all of these fictitious superheroes. And and what what turns me a, a bit, it was it was a novelty initially. I used to, I used to love Superman. I kind of like Batman, but, uh, you know, but now everything is, you know, glob man, doofus man. Oh, everything, everything. <laughs> there's, a, there's some new superhero coming along and they get a chance to use all their special effects. But what they want you to do, it's almost like they're selling a religion. I mean, mm-hmm. you, talk, you talk to dedicated Star Trek uh, fans or Star Wars fans, rather, dedicated Star Wars fans it's almost like a religion to them. I mean, they can tell you everything about Star Wars. They can tell you who did what and who's the supreme leader and who who does this and who. I mean, if if they put as much time into religion as they put into some of these mythology, these uh, you know fictional characters and movies, uh, they would be probably a lot better off. But they don't. You know, you and Hollywood keeps the, throwing this crap out. Go ahead. Remember the uh, the uh, well, what was it? The little electronic cards, the trading cards that yeah. you get from Trump, and uh, they were he was depicted as a superhero, yeah, which yeah. was smart because what he was doing is saying, "You need a Superman. I'm your Superman because that's about as close as you're going to get is me to yeah. save the world." Yeah. And the Democrats hated it. But could you imagine? If the if they decided to say, hey, we got a great idea now that Trump's not doing it anymore, have Joe Biden doing those uh, electronic uh, what do they call them? Uh, I know what you're talking about, uh, and I can't EFTs. think of yeah. But you know the thing about it is, is they're electronic trading cards essentially. But um, I, the thing that that gets me is that uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> That happens occasionally, but uh, but no, no, I know what it was. Hollywood is Hollywood is surprised now that people are turning away from some of their newer characters, their newer, and they invest millions into computer graphics. You know why? Because people are sick of it. They're sick of the nonsense. And well, that's there. It's a one-note samba bill. Every movie is basically the same thing with a different character. You know, different. Well, a different person playing the role, or the, sometimes they come up with new things. My son's big into it, but he's going like, "Yeah, no," yeah, you know. Or they take they take a superhero. Well, he's now gay. They never really had him in a relationship, well, so they decided he would be gay, and his uniform changes. Yeah. Oh, and so did his skin color. Now, I don't care if you've got a Chinese superhero, a white superhero, a black superhero, whatever it is, but whatever it was defined as, that's what it is. 
create some new ones. Yeah. And they don't have to be, I mean, sexuality should not even come into it. Well, you know, but it does. I look well, at identity, I look at where they're going. You know, they 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 can't figure out why they're losing money on some of their newer pictures. It's because people have seen them before, and they're sick of them. This new movie now they now they figured out. Well, wait a second, what can we do? Um, I write scripts and I also get leads about openings, and producers will put these like paragraph, like almost like a classified ad about a script. And everything now has, they want a socially relevant script that includes uh, gay and lesbian themes or something like that. Oh, and, it's yeah. like, and it's like, wait a second, whatever happened to making commercial movies that make you money, that make everybody money, that make, that make the audience happy? Why do we all of a sudden have to be socially conscious about everything we write? You know, the, the biggest movies, the most successful movies of our lifetime were great entertainment they, you know, when you go to the movies with these new guys in Hollywood who, who are controlling it, and believe me, there are a handful of people in Hollywood controlling it, they don't realize that it, movies were created to be an escape, to be a place to go to to get away from the rat race. But they want to bring the rat race into the movie theater now. They want to include mm -hmm. all of these social uh, woke ideas, and that's like you were saying, change the character's race or his sexual identity or something like that. It's nonsense. But now we talked about this yesterday. the 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 big thing is, oh wait a second, we have leave the world behind. That was interesting about uh, about uh, we're headed toward destruction with no answers in that movie. By the way, we just were all these different premises, all these different bad things. No one was a hero. No one came along and said, up, ah, but I can fix this. No, no, no. There was no Trump in these movies. The world was falling apart. At the very end of the movie, you see that they realize that there's civil war going on. So what's the next movie coming out this, this springtime? The big blockbuster from Hollywood? Civil War. Exactly right. It's about not the civil war that we all read about in history books. No, no. This is about a new civil war that comes along in present day times and destroys our world as we know it and how we should fear it. It's almost like it's a, a prediction of what's to come down the road. Are we well, being yeah, led because, by the nose? Yeah, and you know the, the question is, what is the solution? Or is the mo movie the setup for the solution of something that's preeminent that's going to happen because it's being staged for us now? And gets back to the globalization, the one world order. Mm. Bill, uh, I, I uh, you the know, United States I, is you, the key. Know, we are the key. This is what I do when I finish doing my work in my studio and in the course of a day, doing my chores or running my errands or whatever. I come back and I find myself watching TCM. Do you know what TCM is? Turner Classic Movies. Right, Turner Classic Movies plays movies from usually from the 30s, 40s, 50s, some 60s, maybe some 70s, but they're they're older films, right? And do you know they're black and white, and they're technically nowhere near as advanced as the, the new films are today. But sometimes, just the story, just the entertainment, just the what they were trying to sell you, you kind of let your mind go when you watch some of these older films. All of the people who made those movies are long since gone, all wow. of the stars that, that put them together. Uh, but it was a better time for making films. It was called the golden era of films for a reason. 
we don't have that anymore out there, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, I'm changing the topic here. Go ahead. Because, you guess. know, you know Trump and uh, what's going on with uh, everything about uh, January 6th and everything. And they're trying to get there. I, I saw it yesterday, the hit piece out there saying, well, you know, Clarence Thomas is going to be a disappointment to Trump because the Supreme Court's going to hear it, but he's going to recuse himself. He's going to have to recuse himself. And then I see it in Gateway now. They're, they're seeing the same thing I am. House Democrats have launched an offensive to force Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from Trump immunity case. So they're going well, you to know what, do though? Every... One of the things you have to look at is his history. Clarence Thomas, God bless him, has been attacked and assaulted from the day that he was nominated. Yeah. Not forget the appointment from the day he was nominated. They tried to make it so he couldn't be a justice. And you know what he has? He has resilience. He the, the well, guy is steel solid. I don't think that'll be an issue. He's got a democratic example because if they're saying, well, you know, he's got some close ties there, he needs to recuse himself. Well, then there is the uh, the story of uh, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, the judge on the uh, OAN case. With uh, Smartmatic, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, the voting machines. Yeah. Apparently she had some, you know, deals with Smartmatic and a basically communist connections. And to uh, the um, uh, case down there, uh, there was a, I forget what it was, but she was involved. So she should actually recuse herself. She, she says, no, nope, not going to recuse. None of the Democrats recuse themselves, Bill. The Colorado, so, Clarence, the, hey, stick the, to your guns. Screw them. The Colorado judge who was looking into uh, r- uh, taking Trump's name off the ballot should have recused herself. How about Chutkin down in D.C. who who worked in the same office as Hunter Biden? She hasn't recused herself. None of these people. Were, and the Democrats see no problem with that. But they want to have Thomas recuse himself like well, because hell. His wife, yeah, because his wife is... Uh, is uh, the election was stolen, you know, she's an election denier. Good for her. God bless her. Yeah. You know, you know, well, that's what she is, you know. And you know what? Um, When you're married, you know, whether you agree with your spouse or not, that is their decision. Their choice has nothing to do with you. Hell, uh, but I do agree with her. It was stolen. We end it like that, folks, because I look at the clock on the wall and it's uh, it's uh, saying you're out of time, guys. We're out of time, Bill. We've uh, we've done it again. We've uh, we've used up a perfectly good hour, and uh, another show is in the can, man. We appreciate the fact that you told your friends about us. Oh, you haven't already? Well, well, you still got time. Tell your friends. Oh yeah, Yeah. we're, we're trying to start the new year off with. An even greater audience. We have a terrific audience right now, and we thank you. We just celebrated two years of doing this. Do you know that yesterday's show, Bill, was show 500? Episode yeah, it was. Actually, it's more than that because we don't count the weekends. Yeah, and, uh, weekend uh, shows aren't counted. Right. And we didn't Now we didn't always do weekend shows, but we didn't count. Uh, uh, we never never counted them. So yeah. that number is uh, way, way higher. I, I don't know what it would be because I haven't gone back and done the math. It's gazillions. But anyway, <laughs> listen, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868. Tell your friends if you want to call and you have a question or you want to make a suggestion. Uh, 833-538-7868. You won't get a live person. you get an answering machine, but uh, we do check it. 833-538-7868. 
Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at jimandbill.com and jimandbill at mail.com. Well, I think we've done just about everything here. We've done all we can. We've done all we can for this day and this show. So uh, without any... That's all there is and there ain't no more until tomorrow. That's right. But we'll have stuff tomorrow. Trust me. Check back. Wait, wait, wait. We do have one more thing. We have a bulletin. What's the bulletin say? Um... Well, it says, uh, in the words of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh-huh. Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>